Good morning, if you're listening on SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney, as we fill the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. It's James Magnuson and Michael Carianis filling in on Summer Breakfast this morning. And for the first hour, we welcome you listening on SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane. Ben Davies will be along from 6 AM Queensland time filling in for Pat and Heels. Or if you're listening right now across the SEN network, good morning to you. Plenty of sport to discuss this morning, including... The Sydney Sixers winning on the final ball last night to book a home final. The Steve O'Keefe farewell tour <laughs> continues. The first test against West Indies getting underway later this morning. And Rafael Nadal, he's under fire for taking Saudi money. Jeez, wouldn't we all like a piece of that MC? Uh, today's guest, SEN cricket commentator Simon Kadich, SEN tennis expert Brett Phillips, and former NBL championship player Trevor Torrance. Got a bunch of prizes to give away today. Keep listening throughout the morning. As we've got a couple of great prizes, including a double pass to the Top Fuel Drag Racing Championships at the Sydney Dragway. That's on Friday the 26th and Saturday the 27th of January. You can get your tickets for that now. And we've got a golf tour towel and a dozen limited edition Chrome Soft Truvis golf balls from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Uh, MC, plenty of sport overnight. I uh, just wanted to get a quick check in with you. How's the off season going? Not too bad. Good morning, Miss Ol. Good morning, um, everyone. Yeah, I'm, I'm well. I'm well. I had a, uh, I got a little bit of time off at the moment, so which is good. Is that uh, rare? Uh, no, it's not rare. I get a bit of a break generally, but um, on daddy daycare duties at the moment because my wife's back at work. So. I can't wait to get back to the office. 2024 is a big year for sport. Uh, NRL, of course, as always. I'm sure you'll be over there in Vegas, which is no. a nice trip. No, no, you're not going no to Vegas. Vegas. No Vegas, because we've got bub number two due around that date. Oh, so 2024 so, is it? So, big yes, year for yes. You. So, no, uh, no Vegas for me. I had my little fix before Christmas um, when we went on the little junket and visited, you know, NFL, NBA, and. And then NHL. things things get busier in 2024 with the Olympic Games as well. Yes. So does that mean you double up on NRL coverage as some journos go to that? Or are, yeah. you, are you doing a Olympic coverage No, I as won't well? do the Olympics, no. Yeah. Um, I'd love to do, actually. That's one of the things on my bucket list to cover would be the Olympics. I was going to go to Rio with the Herald, but by the time uh, that rolled around, I'd switch camps. Ah. So, um, and the telly said, no, you're not going. You know so, who I bumped into a, at a party one night in Rio? Mm. Dave Riccio. Did you? How was he going? Oh, like, an, like an athlete's party. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just... They, they had this Heineken house. The, the Dutch team had a Heineken house. Okay. And Dave Riccio was in there absolutely ripping and tearing. Was he? Yeah. Mm. Fine form. There you go. Fine yes. form. The people you see. They're very busy, the Olympics, to cover, apparently. Because like, depending on the time zone as well, it can be really yeah. difficult. But they, yeah. they've changed, obviously, now it's... Uh, an online focus, but no, what about you? Do you get over there? What's your, do you have an ambassador role? Any sort of. Look, I think I'll be on, uh, on your team for this one. Wow. And, the dark uh, side. There, there could be a trip on the cards. The dark so, side? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Big year. All right. Sport overnight. Uh, there was a thrilling finish in the cricket overnight, which means that the Sydney Sixers are now locked in for one more game at the SCG, which means SEN's own. Steve O'Keefe could get a swan song part two. Mm. We thought it was his last game at the SCG the other night, but the looks final, like he may be back. Farewell tour. Yeah, the final, final farewell tour. Captain Moses Henriques and fellow veteran Daniel Hughes have led the Sydney Sixers to a stunning last ball victory over the Perth Scorchers last night at Optus Stadium. 
Uh, this is the last three balls of the Sixers game as called by SEN Cricket last night. Three balls left. Nine runs required. Hardy is at the crease. He delivers. Andreeks has hit it for six. He's hit it for six. Over backward square leg. So three off two now is the equation. What will happen? What drama? Two balls. Three runs. Hardy bowls. Henriques hits it. They'll get one. They may come for two. The return is coming in. And it's safe. So it's one off one. And the Sixers have one. Regardless of that, because the ball's been hit down a deep third man for four. What a great run chase by the Sydney Sixers. And look at them. Elation. They've won by three wickets off the last ball of the day. So that cements them into second place, meaning that they'll now play the Brisbane Heat up in the Gold Coast, who finished first. The winner of that match will go straight to the final. So if the Sixers win that, they'll host the BBL final, the SCG. If they lose that game, uh, they'll host the winner of Perth versus Adelaide again at the SCG. Uh, so this is what's coming up, uh, MC. We talk about this every year. We have a little giggle about this. So you've got the qualifier, which is the Heat versus the Sixers. You've got the knockout, which is the Scorchers versus the Strikers. You've got the challenger, <laughs> yeah. which is the loser of the qualifier versus the winner of the knockout. And then you've got the final, which is the winner of the qualifier versus the winner of the challenger. Sounds like a game show, <laughs> don't you think? Well, it sounds and a little bit like Gladiators. Yeah, the Gladiators, uh, exactly. Which, which is, just premiered the other yeah. night. Did you catch the Gladiators? I haven't seen a lot of it, no. I, I liked it back in the day. Loved it back in the day, yeah. A yeah. bit more, I think, way back in the day, a bit more like steroids and glitter. Mm. <laughs> is that what it was known yes. for? Particularly yes. the American version of the show. There, yeah. was, a, uh, there was an ESPN yeah. 20 for 20, I think it was. Jeez, they lived a life. Yeah. Live the life. Uh, have you been getting into it? Not yet. Maybe. You could have been a gladiator. There may have been oh. some talks. <laughs> no, nah, it didn't eventuate. Uh, what would you, oh, obviously you'd call the missile. Missile, yeah. yeah I think it writes easy. itself, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. That was, as soon as I started talking, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, The first test starts today between Australia and the West Indies. Uh, that'll be later this morning. And SES will have live coverage from Adelaide Oval. Immediately following us, uh, SEN's call team includes Adam White, Dwayne Russell, Simon Kadich, Damian Fleming, Ian Smith, Ryan Harris, Barat Sundarason, and Peter Layla. It's a pretty star-studded lineup, isn't it? It's the first time since 2018 that we returned to a day test in Adelaide. So they've had the day night, of course. Yeah, actually, I had to, th- uh, I had to think about that the other day. I was like, is it a day night test? Because I've just become used to Adelaide becoming uh, a day night test. Why do you think they went away from a day-night test again? Well, can I ask Simon Kadich about that later? Yeah. I like the day-night test. You tend to watch more, depending on your yes. social calendar, but um, I don't really have much of a social calendar at night at the moment, so it's yeah, it's, okay. it's pretty good to watch test cricket at night. My social calendar's got to the point now where I'm like, I've enough. Enough. The silly yeah, season man. has been just that silly. I'm like, please, something. Something? I'll swap you. I'll swap you. I've got a few coming up that I'm just looking at it going, no more. No more. Uh, big twerk talking point leading up to this test has been Steve Smith switched to the top of the order. Uh, Pat Cummins caught up with Barat Sundarason, and here's what he said had to say about Steve Smith. It's as happy and as energetic. I've, I've seen him around the nets the last couple of days. 
Uh, he, he can't wait to get out there. Seeing how excited he is for it, you can see already his mind worrying about how he's going to uh, maybe go about it a little bit differently. Yeah, just re-energise him. Seeing someone who's basically achieved everything in the game get really excited for a new challenge. I mean, you know, you, you've got to entertain that. So it was revealed last week uh, when Bancroft missed out on selection, Pat Cummins personally phoned Bancroft to insist he wasn't off with his teammates. Uh, he was asked about this yesterday. Uh, here's what the captain had to say. We've got absolutely no issues with Bangers. Love what he brings. Don't change. We've loved playing with you in the past and um, keep doing your thing. I'm sure you'll be back in Aussie colours pretty soon. It's interesting as well that um, Cummins said he actually and he rang Marcus Harris um, as well to say, well, you're not in the side. These are probably the reasons why. So um, good, little, good bit of leadership there and it's been a criticism of other sports as, as well. I know the, the New South Wales setup. Sometimes the players don't get, weren't yeah. getting phone calls when they were dropped. Yeah, but, and these guys weren't dropped. They weren't even picked. Yeah, they weren't dropped. Correct. So, if you're Bancroft, would you be feeling that your test career is pretty much done? Yeah. 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 Well, it's going to be. It, it, it's it's interesting because you don't know how long Usman Khawaja is going to last. Mm. Right. That's that's. Is it one series, two series, two years? Who knows, right? That's open-ended at the moment. So you know eventually that that spot's going to be open. But if it's two years, Bancroft will be, what, 33? 33, yeah. And and unless he's scored a a stack of runs, that's going to be difficult. Um, And they've already favoured. I think if there's something, an injury or something happens um, in the middle order, I don't think they're going to move Steve Smith back down. I think they'll put Matt Renshaw in there. Yeah. um, As that versatile batter. So, yeah, I think... It's a long road back now for Cam Brankoff. SEN cricket, uh, cricket commentator Barat Sunderason has spoken exclusively one-on-one with Pat Cummins. We'll bring you that chat later this hour. All right, Saudi money pops its head back up, MC. Rafael Nadal has been named as an ambassador for the Saudi Tennis Federation. Uh, the country aims to host more professional tournaments as part of a broader sports push, but the Spaniard has come under fire uh, for being involved with their sports washing. John McEnroe on ESPN said, the ladies are going to play the WT- WTA finals in Saudi. Are you kidding me? Because they treat women so well. That part to me is laughable. So McEnroe not happy off for a change. Uh, <laughs> he's got a point. He's got a point. He's got a point. He, um, he does have a point, but... I just feel like potentially he'd be a little less critical if he was the one getting the Saudi money. No doubt. Which no doubt he would accept. Uh, players expecting uh, accepting money from from Saudis for sports. I mean, for me, take it or leave it. If they put the money on the table in front of me, I'm taking it yeah. every time. But yeah. as a fan, I just think they're just doing what's best for them, for their family, for the future generations of their mm. family. Um are we over the point of criticizing people for taking Saudi money now? Probably, yeah. Probably. I just think that um, some of the criticism comes as well is because, you know, Rafa's not short of a buck. Yeah. That's that's part of it too, yeah. right? But you I mean, know. neither were these golfers. Of course, of course. There's a buck and then there's a Saudi buck. Yes. And that's <laughs> and that's a generational buck, buck yeah. I would have thought. Well, what, Multi-generational. What, what do you reckon Rafa gets paid as an ambassador? Like oh. 10, 10 mil, 50 mil? Oh. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Like, yeah. uh, But it would be mega, mega money. Even to start that conversation with him mm. has to be huge. Yeah. For him to even entertain it would have yeah. to be something ridiculous. So, 
There you go. Uh, all right. Let us know on the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Is Rafael Nadal tarnishing his image by getting into a partnership with the Saudis? Do you think less of sports stars for taking Saudi money? Uh, give us a call, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, or send us a text message on the text line, 0457736736. All right, the Australian Open is well and truly underway. Here's an update thanks to Wilson. Experience the ultimate summer of tennis with Wilson. Max Purcell and Tanasi Kokonakis have joined Alex Dimonor, Alexi Popperin, Jordan Thompson, and Chris O'Connell as the six Aussie men through to the second round. Kokonakis got through in a five-set match uh, went to a tiebreaker against Austria's Sebastian Offner. Did you catch this one, MC? I saw the very end of it. Mm. Uh, the cock through to the second round. He was very, very happy. He was a bit excited. Big celebration I didn't for a first he's now rounder. world number 80. It's not too bad. That's, what about the demons creepy. up to number I know, 10? I know. Hasn't that crept up on us? That has crept. I was a bit worried about the demon. First round against Rainich. Yeah. It's a pretty tough draw, but obviously he withdrew due to injury. Uh, the jump in prize money probably worth celebrating. I think it goes from about one thirty to about two fifty, mm. first round to second round. So that's worth celebrating. Yeah, think it then, it's not quite Saudi money, but it's it's not handy. Saudi money. It's handy. It's handy. Uh, Tom Lenovich won in the final match of the day, going from four one down in the third set. I went to bed and thought this one's done. Yep. Unfortunate for Tom Lenovich, but she went five games in a row to beat uh, Petra Martic. She joins Storm Hunter as the two Aussie women into the next phase. Strong name, Storm Hunter. It is. When you look, look at that women's draw now, you just go, oh, Ash Barty could still be winning. But anyway, uh, the women's number one seed, uh, Sriantec, and number three seed, Rybikina, both won their matches in straight sets, but both were challenged against tough first-up opponents, which is a tough time of year to be reading names well, on radio. Well, you smashed it. <laughs> I don't you, know. You've done well there. I'm just sitting here quietly. I don't know if they're right there. Right back in her. Sounds good to me. Right back in her. Elena. I don't know. We'll keep going anyway. Bang. Thanks, Dan. All right, Dan. Uh, yesterday's feel-good story of the day was 26-year-old Indian qualifier Sumit Nagal, who ranks 139 in the world, knocking out number 31 seed Alexander Bublik. Dan, keep giving those green ticks. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Lashley Nagal was ranked outside the top 500 and at one point only had 900 euros in his bank account. So we'll bump that up by another 200,000 for this mm. second round. Uh, some of the top male players have refused to engage with questions about whether sixth seed Alexander, Alexander Zverev should remain on the pres- professional tours players council after it was confirmed he will stand trial on domestic violence charges in Germany. It's first I've heard about that. What do you do there? Um, yeah, it's a tough one without knowing any details yeah. whatsoever. Um, I think maybe you, you stand down for stand down for the time being until yeah. uh, an outcome. All right, plenty more sport to talk about, but that update was thanks to Wilson. Get your game on and join us in celebrating the Wilson Summer of Tennis. Uh, breakfast powered by Kubota as always for over 40 years we've been making tomorrow matter shaping and building Australia together welcome back to summer breakfast we're here for Bryden's lawyers unable to work due to injury or illness contact Bryden's lawyers now I was listening to sports day last night MC with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews had a great chat with new assistant coach up at the Cowboys James Maloney here's what he had to say firstly about uh, his haircut 
when you returned back to Australia and, and I heard you were going to be doing some coaching, then you go into Townsley. He's a great guy, Toddy Payton, the coach up there. And I thought to myself, oh, this is really exciting. Then I saw the first images of you tr- coaching. And it, I've got to say, it was a little bit disturbing. I'm just going to put it out there, seeing that you, one of the tough men, has a man bun. What? Uh, it's very European, mate. The, the hair's going. <laughs> I, uh, it's just, it's just me still trying to hang on to the European dream. <laughs> Don't tell me you ate snails and took up painting in your spare time in France, did you? Drinking Pinot Noir. Yeah. <laughs> I, ate, I, I ate snails. I didn't, didn't do any painting, but definitely ate some snails. <laughs> He's keeping the European dream alive. Now he obviously is up there living in Queensland, a proud New South Welshman. Let's hear what he had to say about that. As a Blues supporter, I just want to say thank you because, mate, we were kicked to the gutter for so long. These Queenslanders pissed me off. (laughs) They still piss me off, mate. (laughs) It's good to hear Jimmy Maloney back in and around the NRL. It was so random that. When I read the appointment that uh, he's going to be an assistant coach at North Queensland, I was like, that came out of nowhere. It was bizarre, right? Because um, Dean Young had left the Cowboys to to join the Dragons. Uh, Steve Georgialis had stepped aside from his role at North Queensland as well. And Paul McGregor, the former Dragons coach, was all but done in North Queensland. That was a done deal. Okay. Um, And then at the final, final moment, he had a change of heart and decided not to relocate to Townsville. And then... Apparently, Todd Payton's manager, Isaac Moses, ran into James Maloney at the shops. At the shops. And said, oh, Todd's looking for an assistant coach. Would you be keen? So, Cowboys would be one of maybe half a dozen clubs that James Maloney hasn't played at. (laughs) I know. Which seems random. Would he have ever crossed paths with Todd Payton as a player? I don't think so. No, not as a player. Um, No, their their times wouldn't have... You would have almost thought it would be a... Not a better fit, but make more sense that he would have ended up at the Dragons in some sort of assistant coach role, given his relationship with yeah. Shane Flanagan. Yeah, it was strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's strange, but it's. I like to see players go to clubs that they're not affiliated with. You know, we've saw, seen, you know, Ben Hormer do that with South Sydney, Dean Young with North Queensland. I think it's yeah. important. I don't know, James Maloney bounced around a lot of clubs, but it's important to get out of what, what you're familiar with. I have heard of uh, other players, <clears throat> half tongue in cheek, that. You can only put up with James Maloney mm. for a year or two, which is yeah. why he bounces around clubs. Is this maybe a case of Shane Flanagan went, oh, I've done that year or two. I've, I've done my time. <laughs> I've got the, enough, I've got the enough Cowboys, The Cowboys haven't done their James Maloney Correct. time, so is Correct. that why he ended up at the Cowboys, and, maybe? And, you know, there's no doubt. And, you know, when, when he gets a little bit serious, Jimmy, you know how he's got such a great understanding of the game. And, yeah. Um, can, and I think he's a guy that would be able to communicate it well with, with players. Yeah. Just regard and understand if he's got the temperament or a desire to be an NRL head coach and all the pressures that, that come with it. But, you know, we saw him, particularly at the back end of the year and uh, a back end of his career, how much of a game manager he, he was and how much mm. he could control a side. And um, his footy intellect is, is huge. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that's a path that he does want to go down. Just on the halves at the Cowboys, so Chad Townsend, who he'll be coaching, was his halves partner in their premiership yeah. in 2016. Valentine Holmes played there as well True. At, at, at the Sharks. Will this year be a changing of the guard in the halves at the Cowboys potentially with Chad Townsend? I think he's on the last year of his mm. contract. Uh, they signed Jake Deard Clifford. And, and they got Tom and Deard And they've, they've re-signed Dearden. Is Dearden the long-term halfback yeah. or Clifford stepped back into half? I think Tom Dearden will become the man in that 
the halfback. Um, he, and he, would this know. year be the transition where he potentially takes yeah, the they, reins? They might, they might give him more ownership of, of that side. Um, you know, Chad is – the only thing is is that if you minimise Chad's role as the conductor, what's left? What's he doing? What's he doing? Yeah. Right? So I think Chad still needs to, to run the side, but – We'll probably see a little bit of that responsibility fall back more on, on, on Tom Dearden because he's that spark in the halves. Chad doesn't provide the spark, right? Mm. Chad's a direction, kick chase, um, get the side in, into good areas and, and work from there. So, um, But, you know, there's no doubt that they've invested heavily on Tom Dearden and he's going to be their long-term general there. Final, final words on James Maloney. Man bum, play on or chop it? Uh, I wish I could grow one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back here to grow a man bun. All right, let's get to the news. You're with Michael Carianis and James Magnuson on Summer Breakfast. Thanks, Vanessa. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're just waking up here, are the headlines we've been discussing. The Sydney Sixers have booked another game at the SCG after defeating the Perth Scorchers on the final ball last night at Optus Stadium. The Sixers will first do battle with the Brisbane Heat on the Gold Coast this Friday. We've been discussing Rafael Nadal coming under fire over an ambassadorial role with the Saudis. And plenty of action at the Australian Open overnight, including Tanasi Kokonakis. Thrilling victory. We'll speak with Brett Phillips later in the show. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. one 1170 And the Edgewater Homes text line 0457736736. Edgewater Homes Mortgage Fund. Up to $1,500 a month off your home loan for two years. T's and C's apply. couple of text messages rolling through MC. Uh, come on, Missile. Time for a throat lozenger, mate. Yeah. This is a result, MC, of that uh, silly season that I've told you about. I just got back from a week down on uh, the Great Ocean Road, Lawn. Nice. Have you ever been down that part no, of the world? No, I haven't. Beautiful part of the world. Uh, so over the weekend, they had uh, the Lawn Peter Pub, okay, which is the biggest, uh, what would you call it? They call it a fun run. I don't know what you call a swim. The biggest open water swim in the world. How'd you uh, go? I didn't swim. You didn't the race. swim? I feel weird about entering swimming races, particularly like the social ones. Well, there's also prize money, okay. which I think would be a little bit yes, uncouth okay. if a professional swimmer enters. Uh, you just clean up. Well. It's good money. You Saudi would hope, money? I'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I was down there for that. Uh, the whole town was absolutely pumping, a couple of big nights, and being a swimming event, didn't have to pay for too many drinks okay. around town. A lot of swimming fans in Still town. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, feeling the effects of that now. Do you swim much anymore? Like what? Not really at all, to be honest. I'm, like, maybe once a week in summer, if the weather's nice. I go down to the beach every yeah, day. Yeah, but like proper. Yeah, not much. The, the reason being, for me to get like the fitness benefits from a swim mm. would take me say 90 minutes, two hours, yeah. or I could do an hour in the gym or probably 30 minute run. Yeah. So just for time, it's a lot more effective for me to do a, a workout or, or a run. Do you swim at all? Nah. Never been a swimmer? Oh, socially. Yes, I can <laughs> swim. Well, if but, you had yes. to do this Peter, so this Peter pub was, I think it's about a kilometer, 1.2 kilometers from, uh, there's a long jetty and they swim from the jetty back into shore. Are you following me in a boat just in case? <laughs> I think actually SEM was sponsoring the event as well. 
There's a big SEN tent okay. down there. They may have been doing a broadcast or something. That was our Melbourne friends, though, at SEN, so I didn't quite know. So next year, you'll be, so you didn't talk to them? No. It was very busy. <laughs> it was very busy down there. It's madness. Um, morning, guys. Missile, have you seen the video of Katie Ledecky swimming a length of the pool with a glass of milk on her scone? Yes, I have. Okay. So more popular usually with backstrokers, but yeah, very impressive. Uh, and has the sample tamper, tamper, Sun Yang had his comeback sunk by the Chinese selection mob, Magpie Swanee. I'm not sure about that. I have to do a bit of research. Is, no, it, is it a follow swimming? Like, do you stay up to date with it? Uh, I stay up to date with the Australian yeah. stuff. That's pretty easy. What's going on internationally? At this time of year, take it or leave it anyway, because swimming's very different to say, you know, if, if there was NRL being played right now, you'd be able to get a feel for where people are at, where teams are at. But in swimming, you only what we call taper a couple yeah. of times a year. So you're only really fresh and race, racing super fast two, maybe three times a year. So it's hard to read into anything. But I mean, you know, swimming a lap with a glass of milk on your head is impressive any time of year, I guess. Mm. I'm, I'm, should Can I do, do should I do that and film it, yes. send it in for SEN? Yes. Sure. SEN Melbourne. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're big into the swimming down there. Uh, morning, James and Mick. As a Dragons fan, losing out on Zach Wolford is hardly at the top of my disappointment list, but that's with Zach being given permission to look elsewhere, uh, more so than being denied a release. Is that like the missus saying, I can go out with the boys, but then giving me a list of places I can't go. Says the or a list of boys you can't go out with <laughs> yes, as well. That's probably more pertinent. Uh, is this, so is that Wolford on the outer at, at the Raiders? Well, so the Dragons have been looking for a, a dummy half over summer. Mm. Um, so what are their choices for the season at the moment? So they've got Jacob Little. And Connor Mulholzen's on a train and trial or a development deal. Right. Probably a development deal so he can play round one. But that's it. Because the original plan was for Kyle Flanagan to spend a bit of time at dummy half, but given um, Amon's uh, suspension and the lack of um, halves options, he's going to start in the number six jersey, I'd assume, Kyle Flanagan alongside Ben Hunt. So there's a real lack of depth there for, for the Dragons at the moment in uh, in those key positions. So uh, they sought out the Raiders, and, and the Raiders, don't forget, have Tom Starlin, Danny Levi, and Zach Wolford on their book. So three hookers in their top 30. It's a bit – it's uncommon to have yeah. – that amount of, of genuine guys that can only play number nine, like, you know, Stalin can do a job, I guess, if, you, if you're desperate somewhere else. But those guys are genuine hookers. Yeah. So they don't offer that versatility. So it's a bit inflexible in, in, in their roster management. So um, the Dragons and, and, you know, Zach Wolford had approached the Canberra to speak to other clubs, had, had been granted permission. Um, but nothing's eventuated there. And it's forced the Dragons to, to look again at, other dummy halves in the last week or so because mm. they need someone. Um, they, they've signed Jesse Maskey from uh, the New South Wales Cup, played for the, New, the North Sydney Bears, but he's more of a half. Um, his brother Ben played a bit of first grade at number nine for, for the Roosters, but, yeah, the Dragons are desperate at the moment. It's a bit of a shambles down there at the moment. I wanted to delve a little bit more into the Ronald Volkman Mm. scenario with you. Uh, we might do that a bit more, uh, a bit later when we've got more time. Uh, Bakes says, Miss all that Peter pub sounds right up my alley. Yes, Bakes, you would love it. Great weekend down there. Morning, fellas. Uh, MC, now with Tom Dearden locked in long-term. 
with the Cowboys. What are the chances of Chad Townsend replacing Ben Hunt when he leaves at the end of this season and reuniting with Flenno at the Dragons in 2025 for a year or two? I think it's unlikely because the Dragons are confident that Ben Hunt will be there next year still. So Ben Hunt has two years left on his deal, 24-25. Um, you know, if he does opt to leave, then maybe Chad becomes an option for um, a 12-month sort of stopgap solution and, and can return to, to Sydney if that's what he wants to do. But now I think Ben Hunt at this stage will be there in 25 because not a lot of teams are going to pay Ben Hunt a million dollars yeah. in 2025. Would they be the same age, Ben Hunt and Chad Townsend? They'd be close too, yeah. yeah. They'd be very close to Ben. Right. Probably a year older, maybe. A heap more of your text to get through there. 0457 736 736 to Texas during the show. Or even better, give us a call. 1300 01 1170. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. We're powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. The first test between Australia and the West Indies gets underway later this morning. SEN will have live coverage from the Adelaide Oval immediately following us. Ahead of the first test, SEN Cricket's Barat Sundarason exclusively caught up for a one-on-one chat with Pat Cummins yesterday. Here's Barat speaking with Pat. Pat Cummins, thank you so much for speaking to SEN Test Cricket. Firstly, uh, Adelaide Test, uh, you don't generally play in these, do you? No, so I'm I'm still 24 hours out. I'm hoping to be uh, yeah, not get COVID or any of those other things that have ruled me out. Um, so all signs point to playing this year. <laughs> Very good news. And a day test as well. Uh, I mean, you have played a day test here before. It just completely changes the dynamic uh, of the Adelaide Oval Test, right? It's become such a, an event uh, under lights. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, a little bit different. We played here against India. I think that was the last one I can remember playing. Um, but the wicket looks really good. Uh, it's always a beautiful venue here, so pretty excited to play in a Red Bull game here. And, and it does feel like a start of a new era. I mean, we celebrated the life and times of David Warner, the test cricketer, for the last three tests. But now Steve Smith, um, everyone's had a say on him opening the batting. Uh, you said after the Sydney test that, um, not that he preferred him at number four, but that's the slot he'd done so well at. How have the last couple of weeks played out in terms of him becoming the test opener? Yeah, um, you know, I, th- I think him just being prolific at number four, kind of the obvious thing was to not upset that, but he's really keen for the new challenge. So, um, you know, I kind of thought, well, why not? Um, I think, you know, it's also a great re-entry for, for Cam Green coming back to number four. So, yeah, once we started to kind of hash out the details, uh, it made sense. And, yeah, Steve's, I'm not seeing this excited, I reckon, for a little while. He's pumped. And that's right, right? The, the return of Cam Green in a position where he's had a lot of success in at shield level. He's got to go at number six, three years now. Um, but just about that, bringing him back into the side, you, you've always spoken about playing the best six batters in the country. Yeah, that's right. And really what's changed in the last, I suppose, six months was that Mitch Marsh has kind of forced his way into the side as opposed to um, you know, Cam Green being dropped because we didn't think his performances were, were up for it. So really excited that he's back in the kind of into the side um, he brings so much and um, yeah he'll get a good run at it um, and, and hopefully make that spot his own and a different dynamic to the top four as well right all four of them kind of bad at the same tempo yeah uh, yeah I haven't really thought about that too much to be honest um, you know I think someone like a Smitty goes through a few different gears at, at times he can um, you know suck up the pressure really but 
I think that's one of the things that excites him with a rock hard ball, maybe a couple of catches in, maybe there's a few more scoring options. So, um, yeah, they're, they're four high class guys that have scored a lot of runs over the years and know, know the way they want to go about it. And Cam Green comes in and that bowling attack looks even stronger if that's even possible. Now we have six proper bowling options plus Travis Head and Barnes. That's right, we've got heaps, uh, which is great. Um, you know, three quick bowlers, we're all feeling pretty fresh for this uh, time of the summer, which is is nice. But, yeah, we know, you know Cam Green's almost makes the side yeah. just when he's bowling alone. So really excited to just get the whole package. Him at Gully as well is a, always a, a good addition as well. Uh, just on the West Indies, Pat, like, how easy it is to just say, oh, we only focus on what we have, but... Or to completely like, you know, then ignore the fact that you're playing against a West Indies team like we were here last summer, but only five of those guys are even in the squad. Oh, I love it. Um, in the in the way that you know, when you're playing junior cricket or grade cricket, you come up against some different opposition that you know nothing about each week. Um, it's pretty rare that you do that in international cricket, especially in Test cricket. We play a lot of Test matches against India and England. Um, so playing against a side uh, like West Indies. You know, we do a little bit of research, but really we're going to have to suss it out on the, on the fly there, which is exciting. It's um, you know, just like the fans are kind of turning on the TV, not knowing exactly what's going to go on. Us as players are a bit the same as well. Yeah, I've written a 6,000-word dossier. You can go read it but uh, <laughs> on them after the practice game. But yeah, just on that, right? I mean, every time there is a West Indies team, Pat, there's a lot of talk of nostalgia. But I, I guess for you guys, it is about that, right? Like doing that research about what is in front of you. And but there are a few guys who've been around for quite a while as well. Yeah, you know, we're, we're big on making sure we, we concentrate on our own game. So that's where most of our efforts always go. You don't... Yeah, you're looking at the opposition to... Basically, is a plan B, plan C. So, you know, who are the guys that might take the game on or, um, you know, certain weaknesses if they jump out of the page. But to be honest, most of the time, you, you we're focusing on ourselves. Uh, and just like you spoke about the three fast bowlers being fresh, you have two more to, two more tests to go here, a bit of a break and then New Zealand. Uh, there's been some talk that, oh, maybe a Scott Boland or a Lance Morris gets to go. So how do you see that dynamic, Pat? Like you've spoken about it before, now three tests into the summer. Uh, you know, I think we've all probably, you know, physically are travelling better than uh, you'd expect at this time of year. Um, you know, it's rare that you play the same quicks all summer and that's because niggles pop up, injuries pop up. So, uh, fingers crossed, we get through and everyone's bowling well and, um, uh, you know, we play all the test matches. But, yeah, it's a, it's a test-by-test scenario. You know, you, you get through it and then you kind of take a couple of days to recover and then you don't look too far ahead. And just finally, Pat, like we're on the lovely hill, hill here, the Adelaide Oval. So the wedding photos got taken. It felt like there was a wedding photo session going on there with you and Craig Bradsmith. Uh, it was pretty romantic. It was. It was nice. Uh, there was a few more people around than I would have liked. But <laughs> I thought, you know, not a bottle of champagne, nice picnic rug. Looks, would have been a good afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially when you were asked to smile and laugh out aloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we've all done a million of these photo shoots, so... There's only so many ways you can you can do them. They try to jazz that one up a bit more. <laughs> Beautiful. Go well, Pat Cummins. Thank you for speaking to us. Great. Thank you. Cheers. Go well. He's got a Dave Riccio there. That was SEN Cricket's Barat Sundarason speaking with Pat Cummins yesterday. If you'd like to buy into anything discussed there, you can call us on the open line 1300 01 1170 or the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. Do you think the West Indies will do better than expected? Let us know now. And later this morning, we'll be joined by SEN commentator Simon Kadich. 
We're here for Brighton's lawyers, unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Brighton's lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. You're with Michael Carianis and James Magnuson. It's the 17th of January. On this date, MC, in 1991, great year, 91, few people born that year, uh, Michael Jordan reaches the 15,000-point mark of his career after scoring a game-high 40 points to lead the Bulls to a 107-99 to win over Philadelphia. 15,000 points. How many have done that, do you reckon, since? I'm not a big NBA guy, but it seems like a lot to me. Yeah. Kobe and types. <laughs> Kobe, LeBron, I'll just name every LeBron. player I know. Yeah, that's it. I'm capped after that, though. Ben Simmons. <laughs> in 1978, the Sex Pistols break up as a band after a tumultuous final tour, although they later reform. Uh, media icon Ida Butros is 82 today. She was born in 1942. Liz Ellis, her birthday today, 51. She's a current Gladiators co-host. She was born in 1973. Am I going to get in trouble for ending out people's ages here? I don't know. It's on the screen, so I'm saying. Only if the AFL plays. And Jason Riles, 45 today, born in 1979. Where's he now? Melbourne. Melbourne. He's gone as back assistant to the coach, storm. and yeah. he'll take he's, over as head coach. Well, is that the plan? It's not set in stone because who knows how long Craig Bellamy's going to go. Craig Would they still prefer Billy Slater, if the truth be known. I think so. Yeah. I think Billy Slater would be on most people's wish list uh, to be an NRL coach. Mm. Except the Bulldogs. We've got Serraldo. We're going to talk about the Bulldogs later Bulldogs today. and Parramatta uh, season previews. and, and we'll Sworn enemies. Have you done that on purpose? Just to annoy you. Yeah, I'd love to see that uh, rivalry back up and running like it was so early 2000s, obviously 80s, but yeah. that continued right through, it seemed, till about 2010. And then it just fizzled a little <laughs> bit. I'd like to see that come back. Uh, if you're listening through SENQ, 6.93 a.m. in Brisbane, it's time to say goodbye. Ben Davis is coming up filling in for Pat and Heels. If you're listening through SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney, stay with us. As MC said, he'll be previewing the Bulldogs and the Eels 2024 NRL season straight after the news, which comes up next. Uh, plenty more sports to talk about as well. We've got NFL, we've got A-League. Uh, we'll touch back on some news around the NRL, of course. Uh, James Maloney, man bun, his thoughts on Queenslanders. If you missed that audio, that's all still to come here on Summer Breakfast with Michael Carianis and James Magnuson.